So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episodes four and five of season eight, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Kirok and Brittany take a road trip to visit her grandma, Chance has his confrontation with Babo, Lindsay proposes to Blaine, Red makes travel plans without Joy, Michael and Justine have a gender reveal party, Cameron surprises Eris with a maternity shoot, Quaylen takes Chevelle's daughter to Adventureland, Sean is still mad at Sarah's mom, and Louie officially moves in with Melissa. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Good, except for I guess I'm confused. <laughs> Is it usually? I forget who starts which one. <laughs> I know, I know. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, so, Happy New Year, everyone. Yep, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, yeah, it's it's been, we've had, you know, two weeks of this. The other show, 90 Day, has been off for two weeks, which is yeah. like the first time that's happened in years that we had two weeks in a row of that show being gone. Oh my gosh, years? I don't think ever. Yeah, I, I feel like I remember it being like when we first started doing this, it was on hiatus for a while. We did like, remember we did like classic oh, yes. episodes? Yes. Oh my gosh, the classic times. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, we got this now, but we're just there to sit with this. This show, however, stayed on the whole time. And, you know, being the holidays and everything, we had to skip it the first time. Uh, skip last week recording, so... We yeah. had our jobs work cut out for us in terms of getting this covered this yeah. week. Yeah, but it was interesting. There was a lot of things that had happened. There were a lot of things that happened. So I'm going to start with a couple that was only in the first episode because I really like want to get them out of the way. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with Eris and Cameron. So it's the time to move out of the apartment is getting close, I guess, because Cam is packing things up and Eris is clearly upset. Um, she's doing that thing where Cam is – She's just quiet and not talking, just like, mm-hmm. so Cam is supposed to guess exactly what the problem is. Oh, God. And she won't, doesn't really want to talk about it. Cam knows her well enough to know that she's, that like, it's this point, it's when she's quiet that she's really, really mad. Like, not just, she's yelling, she's only a little bit mad. She's quiet like this, really mad. You should be scared. So he apologizes if he was rude or snappy yesterday when they were at the, uh, you know, video shoot with the twerking um, stripper right next to him. <laughs> And he says, oh, it was just because he was in OG cam mode, that, you know, stage name. And she rolled up on this video shoot. It was just taken out. Everything was just, you know, kind of took him by surprise. So Eris says in an interview that she didn't really like the dancer twerking next to her husband. And she's feeling some kind of way about that. So Cam is trying to make up for it with a surprise. He just says, as a surprise, get Lena. We're leaving the house. And then it, he doesn't just drive him anywhere because I guess he can't drive or he's not driving. So Eris is in the car and he's like giving her directions where to go and – She's very confused. She's like, we're in an office park? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but anyway, so they get uh, where they're going, which is a photo studio, and it's for her surprise maternity shoot. So she said she really had been wanting this, and she hadn't, you know, she had been wanting this, but didn't like specifically say, do this for me. Um, and Cam was at least observant enough to be like, to catch the, what I'm guessing are pretty obvious hints that she was dropping that she wanted <laughs> Good to do for him. <laughs> so she starts the shoot and she has she has her she is it's a very um uh tooly and pink and like all over the place. She called it her queen outfit and Cam's comes out with like a pink suit minus a shirt. 
So he says that this small $500 photo shoot fee got him halfway out of the doghouse. So he takes some shots with just the two of them and Lita takes some individual shots too. And, you know, they kind of are in the corner being like, what about, what are we going to do with this apartment and living and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, setting things up. So, I mean, I, I was going with that. It's like, I feel like as far as even guys go, not just guys on this show, like being able to pick up on your partner's extremely obvious hints that they're <laughs> dropping puts you in like a top tier of, of, of partner here. Oh, yeah, definitely from this show. Uh, but at the same time, I just don't know. I mean, she was super stoked about it. And so she was hinting about it. So he knew that she was going to like it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like the timing of it that she kind of wished the surprise was a new home. Like, she knew it wasn't a new home because <laughs> right, right, she's like, right. wait a second, we're like amongst office buildings. We can't live here. <laughs> yes, I guess that's right. She was like, this is not a neighborhood. I was living right? through a neighborhood. Yeah. So I think she was kind of hoping that. Um, The other thing that I was kind of like, eh, about is how appropriate is it for Lena to be here during this photo shoot? Because... Granted, the pictures are obviously, like, safe for her, considering mm-hmm. they're going to be up in their house. Right, but right, right. But just the innuendos and, like, you know, the kind of tiptoeing around, like, what they really want to say, Eris and Cameron. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't think Lena is completely that naive. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but that's, I would imagine they have those same kind of innuendos and stuff. Um, anyway, like normally, yeah, that's true. Um, knowing that, this couple, knowing this couple, right. That it's, that it's out there. I mean, cause the photo shoot doesn't make any innuendos in and of itself, other than we know how this baby got here. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. right? Um, we, like we know where this came from and like Alina knows that, like she doesn't want to think about it, but she's old enough to know like where babies right. come from. Right. And so, yeah, there's, there's that now. I don't know. It just. It's definitely not my jam, right? The the photo shoots in general are not my jam. The studio photo shoot where they're like, okay, now get down and kiss her belly is like, nope, 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 not doing that, not going to happen. Um, is And so it's all kind of like – it did seem a little weird to me. Like, why is she here? Like, yeah. She didn't – because I always kind of put the maternity photos specifically as – like, look at what we did together. We made this. This is what it looked like when we made a baby, right? And she wasn't in that. But I guess if you think of it as more of a, this is our new family. This is like mm-hmm. the coming out party, the first shots of our new family. Then that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, good job, Cameron. Uh <laughs> I'm glad that he acknowledges that this doesn't uh, get him completely out of the doghouse because mm-hmm. I feel like other people mm-hmm. would. They'd be like, yep, I'm done. I don't have to do Score. anything for the next couple years. Yeah, I got – this is a six-month six pass. I'm good. Yep, we're good. Well, especially kids him because he knows that they need a place to live and he's not right. going to be totally out of the doghouse until they have that. Yeah, yeah, very true. 
Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, another couple that has a baby on the way, and that's Justine and Michael. So Justine, Michael, and all the kids are out, and the kids are trying to play pool, which is entertaining for Justine and Michael to watch. It was not Melody, a joke. Be crazy. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there were no rules. It's just hitting whatever. <laughs> like they're going to scratch. They're going to tear this felt so bad. Oh my God. Yeah. So Melody, Michael's uh, oldest daughter, doesn't seem super happy. Uh, so she asks to talk to her dad privately. Melody tells him that she knows from Kylie, Justine's oldest daughter, that they are planning on moving to Vegas. Michael says that he wishes he was the one to be able to tell them all in person at the end of the trip because nothing is for sure. Melody says that she wishes she could th- they could all live in the same state and she actually wanted to be told of things directly and kept in the loop. Michael apologizes and asks her not to tell the other kids. Michael thinks that his incarceration has made Melody a bit shy and reserved and he feels like this may have made them take a few steps back. The family is all dressed in either blue or pink, trying to predict whether the baby is a girl or a boy. And Michael's sister has known the gender for a month because she's the one who's planning this gender reveal party. Justine tells Anne about Michael's mom, who Maria, whose rude DNA test gift bothered her. Anne agrees that the test was offensive, and she thanks Justine for keeping her cool during the confrontation. Anne takes Maria aside and tells her that she needs to apologize. Maria then turns around and makes nice and apologizes to Justine. Justine doesn't think that Maria really regrets giving her the test, and she thinks that the test insinuates that use a sleazy hoe. Mm. To reveal the gender, there are two people in giant inflatable sumo-like suits. One's blue and one's pink. And then Anne is explaining to everyone this reveal, which is like the weirdest, it's most complicated thing I've ever seen in a gender reveal. But she tells uh, everyone that whoever wins the staged fight represents the color of the gender. So after a dramatic and cheesy brawl where they're both at some point pretending to fall down, the pink one wins, meaning it's a girl for Justine and Michael. Michael wanted a boy, but Justine wanted a girl. Melody is feeling some kind of way since she is the firstborn girl and she feels like the new baby will get all of Michael's time and attention because, you know, babies need more maintenance, as she put it. All right. So what did you think about this gender reveal part? It was so weird. Like, so because but, but the weirdest part to me is that not only were the people in the big pink and blue sumo suits, right? Yeah. Fighting. They were in like gimp masks for some reason. Like there was like they had Yeah. I was like, what? I, the blue one was rapidly deflating the entire time. <laughs> like, it was like, what's why? Like it it. Like, I get what they're going for. Like, to me, it would have been, like, kind of wacky and, like, awesome. It would be much more expensive if you had, like, a Lucha Libre wrestling match where, like, a yeah. guy in blue and a guy in pink pants and, like, they actually did, like, a whole fake wrestling thing and then the winner right. was you're like, oh, I got the pin. That's who won. That's who it is. Like, and – but the, just to do it, like, half-assed in the weird but sumo why suits. fighting? It was so bizarre. Yeah, it – I mean, I mean, I get why it, it's fighting. That's what you do with the sumo suits. I don't know where you come up with the idea that we'll do this by fighting. I mean, it's better than all the 
horrible stories you hear about fireworks and starting forest oh, fires right, and stuff right. with the, with the yeah, gender yeah, reveals. Yeah. I mean, because I have my problem with gender reveals as is, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't I, – the I just I, – I'm not – oh, you know, especially in the nowadays where, you know, we, we're more accepting of, of people being trans, the, the idea that, like, we're going to really lean heavily into celebrating your gender defined at birth when that might mm-hmm. not even be your gender, like – for your your entire life sure. seems like gross and like eh. also you know it's defining your gender as like literally something that is so important such a defining characteristic of you that we're going to have a party for it and reveal it to everyone just yeah. i don't like them in general i definitely feel like where we're at you know i think our society is attempting to be more open-minded about um you know being gender fluid and just in general Mm-hmm. Like, it does seem kind of an antiquated idea to... Right. Especially yeah. the, the it's, it's really off the bat. I mean, I don't like them in general, but the fact that they were making everybody be, are you team boy or team girl? And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely team boy, I'm definitely team girl, like, made everybody, like, predict the stuff. It's just like, eh, it's, it's, just, it's just not the way I associate and interact with gender of my of my children, uh, even my, my children that have yet to be born. It's just, it's... It's it's kind of wild, but I don't know. I think I, – I don't know. When we go back, the other thing that bothered me was kind of the way Michael was, you know, talking to Melody because mm-hmm. I feel like he was lying to her still. Yeah. Like this isn't a done deal. Like, yeah, it kind of is. I feel like they have a house out there. Like they've right. already just, like, made the arrangements. It, it's a done deal. Like and so for him to be like, actually, it isn't a done deal yet. Like, and, and all she wants is to be treated like an adult. Right. If I was yes. an adult, you'd be telling me. And he's like still lying to her about it. So I don't I don't know what how he thinks that's going to work out. I think. OK, we talked about like, how should you break news to people? Right. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, you know, kind of like um, throwing it out there, keeping them in the loop. Oh, this is an idea. Right. And so you're kind right. of like helping them kind of ease into this idea. This is his way of doing this thing way too late, right? He's like two steps behind, but he's trying to ease her into this idea by trying to like somehow frame it in a way where it's not a done deal. We can still change our mind. If you have a problem with it, we don't have to do this without actually saying that, right? And it's just Mm -hmm. like, because why else would you say that this is a done, this isn't a done deal? Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is if she has a problem with it, she, he's not changing. Oh, no, exactly. No, That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and well, especially because like if they do end up changing it, oh, Melody has a problem with it. We got to change our plans. Well, the, uh, you got um, Justine's daughter who's going to UNLV is going right. to be like, what, 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 I had a whole plan. Like, what the hell, man? I chose my college based on us living here. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's so, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's kind of the way. Yeah, he just he, the, not misleading, and I know what he's doing, but we see it so much in this show of the people just being like, "Well, I don't want to tell him the truth because it's going to be hard, so I'm just going to like wait, and then it's only going to get harder when you wait." Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so other couple that was only in the first episode is, um, oh my god, we get new new people coming back with Sean and Sarah. Oh goodness. Oh, so they're back on the show and we get a quick recap of all the things they've done. They had a baby. They got married. And the last time we saw them, their season revolved around Sarah reconnecting her daughter with her father and doing it behind Sean's back. So uh, 
Sarah says that they're happy, but it's been a roller coaster of a relationship. They're ordering dinner at a restaurant when they, we start, and Sarah says she has some news, and it's a fake out because Sean. Well, first of all, Sean responds with the worst possible "what you possibly can." I know. I was going to say, I don't think it was intended to be a fake out. It's just Sean doesn't react well to this news. Like that is a hundred percent shit. You're pregnant again. That was right. that what was right. Well, he's heard that a few hundred yeah, he's times. He's heard it many times for sure. Um, so, but anyway, it's not his what is, oh, my God, you're pregnant again. What? It's good news. Sarah's finally off parole. So Sean is relieved and happy because that means they can go wherever they want now. And Sarah kind of half jokes that where they can go is to go to Mexico so she can get a BBL, even though Sean has no idea what that is uh, to the belief <laughs> of no one. But it, oh, I guess I would. I would believe that Sean doesn't know what it is because I don't know if he can put together words. Like, I can yeah. believe it. I, like, I think he knows what a butt lift is, but you're like, BBL, I can see him being clueless. Yes. Anyway. So it's not that far-fetched, though, that that's what she wants since she's already had a boob job and a tummy tuck. Um, so Sean, uh, for his part, has been spending money on what is now his full-time job, which is the tow truck that he bought. So now he's self-employed and everything rests on this tow business being successful. And he also says that Sarah is like running it with him. So he argues that you know, she kind of says, well, you're spending money too, you know. When he complains about her spending money on surgeries. Um, but he argues that he's spending for the future and she's just spending it on looking nicer. And looking nicer and she's like, but you like it. And he says, but I don't get to enjoy it because every time you're just finished recovering from one surgery, you go get another surgery. We can't do anything. So <laughs> um, she's been recovering for a while. And he even brings up how after each surgery, she's been on pain meds, which is a dangerous thing for someone who has a history of addiction like her. So he even suggests that she's just having these procedures done so that she'll be getting prescriptions for pain for pain meds. So that doesn't go over well at all. And he says it's she's like, it's about my body image. It's not any kind of addiction. I'm not addicted to surgeries. Gets pretty defensive about it. So in an interview, Sean says that he thinks he can trust her for now until he's proven wrong again. So they leave the restaurant after Sarah apparently had a few because he was like, are you okay to get up? And they pull into the driveway where Sean just waits outside. He's like, you go in because Sarah's mom is there watching the kids. And if we remember from last time, she lied to him about like whether Sarah was meeting with, with her baby daddy. And now he's taking it out on Kathy, mom, Kathy. So he like is not talking to her and he waits in the car and will not get out until she, until she leaves. So, Sarah's still struggling with tummy tuck recovery when she goes inside and she can't pick up the laundry or the kids or anything. So Kathy has been super helpful about it. And that makes it extra dumb that Sean is playing his stupid dumb, I'm going to wait in the car game. So, of course, while Kelly is asking, Kathy leaves, yells something at Sean on the way back. He's like, you're dumb girl. Uh, And then while he does that, before he even gets out of the car and in, uh, his baby mama Kelly calls. And remember, they have like, what is it, six kids together yeah, with Kelly? some absurd okay. amount. And uh, and she immediately is like, I need money. So, of course, it's she says it's not for her. It's for all the things that the kids are doing. There's camps. There's classes. Blah, 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 blah. So, uh, she says that they have an agreement that, you know, he does, he is not legally obligated. To, they don't have child support. She didn't go to the court and get mandated child support because they have an agreement that He'll help pay like his share of the kids. But it's been a little while since he sent her any money. So he's just doing the best he can basically because he's broke after buying this tow truck. So 
she wants a, she needs a couple grand and he doesn't have anywhere close to that. So she's like, I don't know, just send me four or five hundred dial, whatever. And he just <laughs> says, I'll see what I can do. So after he hangs up, he tells us that he, he understands where Kelly's coming from and he feels guilty about being a shitty dad. But also, he doesn't have any money and he's in over his head. <laughs> so, God. Like, okay, so this is takeaway. We'll kind of work backwards. Who's dumber, Sean or Kelly for not getting a court-ordered child support agreement? I, I think it depends on how badly she needs this money, mm-hmm. right? So if she's one of those people that, like, doesn't need it but certainly would help or they've had where Sean, like, even though it's not court-ordered but he's being pretty decent about keeping mm-hmm. up payments, then I can understand why this, like – works for them you know because it costs money to get all that stuff kind of official and so i can see both of them they were never married right i forgot about that right so what yeah because usually when you have child support like that and you have many kids together it's just right you're already sending the you're already paying that money when you do the divorce right right? and so the child support like agreement just becomes part of the divorce that's baked in there but yeah if you have to go out for a baby daddy and just get all the court stuff, it could cost some money. Yeah. So I can kind of see how both of them wouldn't really want that. And it's easy, I think, for Kelly to be like, well, if you don't, you know, keep up with your payments and keep up your end and keep up paying, you know, what I think is fair, then yeah, I'll take you to court. And I can certainly, based on what we've seen of Kelly in the past, see her as using that as a threat. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to start to get more difficult because she has more kids that are starting to age out, right? Oh, they, sure. She, they have like three kids that are over 18 at this point. Well, yeah, but but I mean, I go, it's probably not a concern for them based on how dumb Sean is. Um, yeah. But like, you're over 18, you're going to split college too, right? Right. Like there's still expenses when they're over 18, um, just the way our system's built. Because, And I say this because I – with my ex and, and my kids, we have a, 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 a – that same thing. I don't pay child support, right? I, we, we have 50-50 right. custody and we have an, a, an agreement for paying. But in the payment agreement means that we have a shared like Google spreadsheet where we each mm-hmm. put what we spend in the spreadsheet and like – you know, it adds up and calculates by the end of the month who owes who how much money based on what we actually spent. It's not – and so like that to me is what you have to do to have this agreement be – to work, right? It, it doesn't – it it because it comes out of – when it comes out of nowhere, oh, yeah, by the way, can you spend – send a couple thousand dollars? And it's like, did you spend For a couple what? thousand dollars? For what? Like, what are you – what are you talking about, right? Yeah, and, but the problem is is that you can do that – being Kelly, if your deadbeat d- baby daddy hasn't given you has given you zero money for months, <laughs> right. right? Because then, from Sean's perspective, it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter what it was for. It's like, ooh, I've been a shitty dad and have paid zero money for my kids, right? Yeah, multiple kids for the last couple months. Yeah, I mean, so, he definitely he definitely already knows he's yeah under. In the but hole. it would have been if I went months. And I wouldn't go months, obviously. If I had gone months without paying any money, it would the, the call would be like, hey, look at the chart. 
and pay me. <laughs> These are not the kind of people to have spreadsheets, Mr. O. I don't They're know how you not. don't have spreadsheets. Why are there not spreadsheets? There's spreadsheets they, for everything. These are just not spreadsheet people. I mean, look at how dumb <laughs> Sean's face is. Sean definitely does not know that a spreadsheet can do math. Right. <laughs> like, I don't even know like, if this dude knows how to use a computer. Right. Like true. even when he's video calling, it's either on his phone or through gaming. Like I, I don't know if this dude knows how to use a computer. That's wild. You're right. I don't think we've ever seen him actually use a P, uh, computer, a laptop or anything. Like, does he know how no. a mouse works? That's no. He's so old, too. That's that. That's that's kind of wild. Um, What do you think, though, switching to the other side of people? What do you think about his? theory that sarah's just doing the surgeries to get pain meds okay i think he just said that but at the same time Ah, it's not that far-fetched i know right when he said it i was Mm -hmm. like huh interesting (laughs) right like you know you don't want to think that that's true but there are people who maybe like that isn't the like first thing they're thinking of you know but they're like oh yeah like i liked having surgery and maybe didn't quite put their finger on exactly why and i could <laughs> right. see that as being like right. sarah's situation it's definitely not like he's not like trying to say oh you shouldn't be taking the pain meds when you're in pain right it was like no you're like you, you i could see an addict backwardsly coming up with like what's a socially acceptable way that I can right. take – that I can get pain meds. And it's like, well, right. you have to be injured or something. You have to have had a surgery. And it was like, oh, a surgery, eh? Like mm-hmm. I can – I have some things I'd like to be – done. like it, it – I can think of some things I would – I wouldn't mind looking different, right? And then working yeah. backwards from there. It's – I don't I, – I don't think we have enough information to say definitively what it is, but I don't think it's the most far-fetched theory. Oh, I don't either. Yeah, because like I said, when I first heard, I was like, huh, interesting thought. <laughs> Because she is – and okay, and I, she prefaced this whole thing by saying that she is very insecure about her looks and her body. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, okay, I mean, that's not too crazy given, you know, people's body images with this climate and culture. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, but for who? Yeah. You're right. married to Sean? Married like, to she Sean, doesn't care. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I know. Right. right. It's, to me, it's just not that it's not that far removed from like, and it's stereotypically a dad, right? But a mm-hmm. parent who spends all their time at work being like, "Well, I have to earn money for the family. We got to have something." Whereas the real reason they're at work is because they want to avoid being at home because like, yeah. their home life kind of isn't isn't really doing it for them, right? And so, yeah. But they but they can always say, "Well, I was at, you can't. I wasn't out there cheating or at bars or anything. I was at work. You can't be mad at me for being at work." Right? Yeah. It, it, it's uh, it seems in kinship with that right uh sean and his idiocy around <sighs> like they even pointed it out like the fact that he can forgive sarah but not her mom who wasn't even orchestrating it's, this yeah, thing it's, like, yes sarah told mom to lie that was part of sarah's yeah. misbehavior and he's just like yeah it's like why are you having a harder a higher standard for your partner's parent than you have for your partner. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. It makes zero sense, except for the fact that he didn't like Kathy to start with. <laughs> right, and, right. You know, now it just gave him more reason not to like her. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. But uh, speaking of meddling mothers, let's move on to Melissa and Louie. 
So Louis is tossing some pizza dough at work because it's his last day. Dirk, his boss, is worried about him because Louis was doing so well, but now Louis is moving to New Jersey to be closer to Melissa. Louis was accepted to change his parole to New Jersey. Melissa calls him and they're discussing the logistics of if Louis gets pulled over on his way from Georgia to New Jersey. Louis would rather not think of that scenario while Melissa thinks there should be paperwork or something to prove that it's legit and now she's worried. Melissa is doubting his ability to drive that far by himself. Donna drops by to visit Louis on his last day. Donna almost immediately breaks into tears and says it's because Louis is leaving her. Louis says that he's not leaving her, he's just moving on with his life. Donna says that he's left for 10 years in prison and he's only been back for seven months. Louis says it took him a little while to mature because of the drugs. Dirk tells Louis that he is proud of his redemption story. Louis cries as he says goodbye to Dirk. Later at Donna's house, she's trying to give him stuff like his hospital bracelet from when he was born and Mother's Day crafts. And Louis just doesn't want any of it, (laughs) which offends Donna. She wants him to have memories of them as a family. And Louis says that he doesn't need that and he'll just be making new memories. He does, however, want to take a picture that Melissa likes, but Donna says no. Before she can protest further, Melissa calls her to ask her to drive up to New Jersey with Louis because it would give Melissa some peace of mind. Donna thinks that this is a fabulous idea, and she's ready to say that it's all Melissa's idea. She (laughs) asks if Louis knows she's asking Donna this favor, and Melissa says no, so they all get on the call to go over the idea. Louis is confused why they both want him to be responsible, yet feels at the same time he needs to be monitored. Melissa says that he can't be trusted for 14 hours because who knows what girl he might just pick up off the side of the street. Louis points out that if he brings his mom, Melissa is sure to throw it back in his face in the future. Like, you're not independent enough. You had to drive up here with your mom. Mm -hmm. He then asks what Melissa will do when Melissa, uh, when Donna doesn't want to go back to Georgia. Melissa says that she can stay with, uh, you know, her own family, like Donna's family, but not them since there's barely enough room for Louie there. Melissa is, however, trying to set up a larger house to impress Donna. And Louie is trying to help out by telling Donna not to say anything about the place. Melissa is showing Louie around the larger space. It's a little bit more expensive, but Melissa says that Louie can help out financially now. Melissa shows Louie the gym equipment she bought, and Donna scoffs (laughs) that Louie can afford a $10 membership for the gym. In fact, Louie wants to get a job as a personal trainer, and Melissa's pretty dismissive about this idea. Melissa then cooks them a dinner of box pasta and sauce out of a jar, and Donna makes a small dig to make angel hair next time. Donna asks if she'll get a chance to meet Melissa's family, and Melissa says that there will be a housewarming party. Louis calls an Uber for Donna, so trying to get Donna out of there. He's eager to get her to Donna's family's house so he can get some alone time with Melissa and her custom-made socks with their faces on it. Jeez. The first morning, Melissa wakes up to Louis on the toilet without his teeth in. (laughs) She's and the concerned. door open. Can we say the door was right, wide open? The door open? is open, yeah. too. Yeah. She's concerned and talks about setting some kind of bathroom schedule. So Melissa tells Louie that he needs to find a job, and she set up a job uh, interview for him as a truck driver. 
And Louis talks about wanting to be a personal trainer again, which Melissa doesn't like this idea at all. And Donna drops in, like in the middle of their argument, with pastries. She says that she can hear them arguing from the street. Donna tries to mediate, saying that Melissa needs to be patient with Louis trying to find a job because it's more difficult for him. Louis then brings up Melissa's, uh, you know, desire to get a nose job and her chin done because he's trying to take the heat off of him in this <sighs> mm -hmm. argument. And Louis thinks that, you know, this can become an addiction, which, you know, for different reasons than Sarah, you know, uh, right, Sean right, right. being concerned for Sarah. But I, I mean, I certainly get where he's coming from, like, you know. And I think it's really, really sweet that he said, but I love the way you look now. What if you look different? Maybe I won't, Maybe like, I won't it. like it as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what, oh, what do you think about their whole argument? Uh, plastic surgery getting thrown in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I feel you should like, do for work. Yeah. I feel like definitely getting work done is something that becomes a habit for a lot of people. Right. Mm. But I also feel like there's a lot of people that just get a nose job and are fine. Like, and are just done with that, like after that. But generally, that tends to be people who get nose jobs when they're like young, like daddy paid mm -hmm. for the nose job, right? Yeah. Um, and then going old, because yeah, because it could be I got a nose job and now I need a facelift and now like this other thing and now this other thing and now this other thing. I need my tummy tuck. I need my boobs done. But it's a little bold of him to go straight in when she has had zero plastic surgery and now she wants to get one plastic surgery. Well, two technically, right? Because he said the chin too. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. She wanted to get both. nose yeah. and chin. And at that point, what else more can you get done to your face? So I kind of see where he's going with that because, I mean, she clearly already gets lip injections. Mm -hmm. So it's like, mm -hmm. what else really can you do to your face? Well, there's cheek implants too. Well, and there you go. Mm -hmm. So maybe she doesn't like the way her cheeks look after her nose is done. Right. But I feel I but I and I but I'm with him in that like I feel like we've seen other cast members on both both shows, both this show and 90 Day, who we've seen them before they had anything done, and mm -hmm. then they get lip injections, a nose job, and you know, cheek implants, and maybe a, they get but they get a few things done. And I'm like, this does not look like the same person anymore to me. Yeah. All right, well, more or less attractive. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like in terms of, they, people, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, but they literally don't look like the same person. Like when you show me the before and after pictures, I'm like, I can barely see how that's the same person. And if you're attracted to someone as they are now, I would be a little worried whether I'd be attracted to them after they got their stuff done. No, I absolutely agree because the other weird kind of thing about plastic surgery or any kind of procedure done to your face is, to me, it's making everybody look the same oh right? sure it's like sure. the same generic look and it's just it's odd to me that everybody wants to look like the same generic person mm -hmm. and things like melissa's nose i can certainly see how she is self-conscious of it because it is not any near as small as the generic perfection nose that everybody is trying to achieve yeah but at the same time i totally get from louis perspective perspective that is a characteristic nose that you could certainly be attracted to absolutely yeah i mean it, yeah it reminds me a bit of when i hear like the horror stories about like the uh recruiting for like k-pop groups and they're mm -hmm. like we have a template of a face and if your face yeah. doesn't look exactly like that face you're not in the right. group right that's it like this is what we're looking for right and so yeah you're, you're right it's all they all look for exactly the same your lips should be the x big 
Your yes. nose should be this nose. And yeah, and it, it's one of those things that is, is it end up going to be like a weird like – you know, like you can go into somebody's kitchen and be like, this kitchen was definitely designed in the 90s. Like you definitely right. have this redone now. <laughs> it's like you clearly got your plastic surgery done in 2023 right? or 2024. Yeah. Like that's when you got your pla- – because that is the look that everyone was going for right then um, that it comes up with. But I mean – yeah, it wasn't as disturbing to me as the why was he shitting with the door open? I don't oh, understand gosh. why he was doing that. Like, I know that I know in prison it's a prison thing, right? There is no door, mm-hmm. right? So you you got to do your stuff, but you weren't in prison your whole life, and you do understand that people close the door when they take a shit. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, but I could kind of see that you know when he got out of prison, he was living with Donna. I don't think Donna would have a problem with that. You know, and so he just yeah. never got into the habit of closing the door. But I don't – that would be one of the my favorite things about leaving <laughs> prison would be like, I have a door between me and people watching me take a shit. Thank yeah. God. This is amazing. That would be like one of my top thing, five things I would be looking forward to in getting out of prison would be able to sit – in a toilet with a door closed. That is yeah. that is amazing. I don't know why it just we doesn't do it. seem all that far fetched. Now, I do, do I think they're putting it on for production and to like have something silly? Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just, at I the mean, same I don't, time, I don't leave a door open when I'm home alone. Like, <laughs> I do. I definitely yeah. don't. I close that door every time. I like yeah. to have my little confined space. That's what I like about it. Like, well, I think also, too, like you you have kids. So when was the last time you really, truly like lived alone? I have, alone? I have 50-50 custody. I'm, I'm, I'm in my house alone half the time. Yeah. No, I totally get that. But I mean, at the same time, you still have kids. Like people have access to your home, right? Sure. Well, and, and it is also, tr- also true. You get into habits because half the time somebody's there. Um yeah. But so for me it's like I I live alone. Like my partner isn't coming over unless he was over already. So it's I go to the bathroom with the door open. I, yeah. I, I that's that's that that's not in my <laughs> that is not in my uh like but I you're right, I never I never I don't think I ever live truly alone. Yeah, I've lived alone for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, um, well, this is the opposite of it. He's been living on you. But I definitely – sometimes Louis is smarter than he lets on. He's definitely smarter than, than like Sean and everything, right? Because yeah. oh, he has this sure. thing where she suggests Little Donna comes up, drives with him at, at the yeah. thing. And he had that nailed right down. He's like, you're going to throw me that mad face and say, oh, you couldn't even drive up to New Jersey by yourself when it was yeah. you that told me I couldn't do that. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Louis in general, like, socially more smart. For sure, Um, yes. Yeah, and I think he is charismatic. And, okay, so I was actually watching this and, you know, in the background, my partner's like, wait, I don't understand. Why can't he be a personal trainer? And I'm like, oh, you don't even know. He's like, she's a very jealous person. Like, that is the worst job you could have if you have a jealous partner. It it is the worst job you could have with a jealous partner. Like, masseuse. Would probably be worse. Uh, um, yeah, masseuse. OBGYN. Because you're all up in the park. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, but, okay, but okay. that's interesting because I feel like your partner would be super jealous. I you don't know, know. But at the same time, I don't think they see it that way. 
right? Like, they just see it as like, oh, I've seen so many parts that it's like. Oh, no, I, I agree. Well, I also very think. Clinical. But I also think like your partner, if it was OBGYN, right? Mm-hmm. They're never going to be, they're not going to, they're thinking about their own personal life. Have they flirted yeah. with their personal trainers? Oh, yeah. Like, have they flirted with people who are touching them? Probably. Have they flirted with their OBGYN? No, like, no, no. Absolutely not. Like, no. Every, oh, you would <laughs> you would not be in business really quick, right? Because it's like, right. like, you're the creepy OBGYN. Like, I would never go back. Well, and it, 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 it's certainly looking at those parts in a very different context that's not oh, sure. at all sexy, right? It's not like, yeah. like – And so she's pretty of herself. If there was a guy down there doing – you know, doing his his um, clinical stuff, I wouldn't be like, so, hey, you like what you see? Like, no, you wouldn't do that. That's <laughs> fucking <gross>. weird. <laughs> like, right? so but like, gross. if you're your personal trainer, like, oh, yeah, why don't you just like show me how to do that? Like you flirt with a personal trainer. You'll flirt with people yeah. at the gym. Right. Yeah. It, and how many people do you know that have met their significant other at the gym? I actually know a handful of people who it's, you know. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's. Yes, Jim, but I I would say the vast majority, the biggest place people meet their partners is just at work generically. Doesn't matter what mm-hmm. the job is. They're just at work. Yeah. Right? Through work. So yeah. basically any job that he's not alone, which is why she wants him to be a trucker because he oh, will be that alone. Oh, makes sense. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know if he doesn't, I, he doesn't have a CDL. Like, I don't know. It's... It, well, okay. The the way I kind of took it was, uh, I said truck driver, but it was like delivery driver. Like he could be driving a van for Amazon or something. Yeah, you I, know? I think she did mention it was like CDL classes or something like that. So I imagine there are places that are desperate enough for drivers that there will be like, we'll hire mm-hmm. you and get you your CDL. Like, yeah, personally, oh I know- yeah, I'm sure. Considering yeah. right now, like the shortage, the shortage will uh, for mm-hmm. us. If you want to be a bus driver at the school system, they will get you that CDL. Like they are desperately yeah. looking for anybody. So that is that is something that goes on. All right. So moving on, let's talk. I'm going to go with let's go Brittany and Key Rock. They were on there for a long time, and not yes. a ton happened. So yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Nobody has heard from Desmond yet. So to the point where like Tammy is thinking about getting the cops involved. Tammy, of course, is their mom. So Kirok gets lucky enough that he drives gives Des a call and does get through, although not super lucky because he gets like the entire call is uh I guess uh hang up. Right. So at least they know he's not dead, but anything about they don't know anything about where he is or what he's doing. So the situation is hard on everybody. And Tammy breaks down crying at the table, saying she lost her poor child to the streets. So she feels like a failure and she can't even eat all the food that she's made, which looked freaking awesome like these fried catfish and fried chicken and stuff it was, i wanted to eat that mm-hmm. um britney and key rock are though trying to hype her up so key rock blames you know says the blame blame falls on the person who was doing it it's desmond's fault so he calls desmond again and the phone rings just as Des- desmond walks into the door and just like grabs a plate and starts eating so he's been gone for three days and like jokes that he was in jail for 24 hours like they were in they were like you were in jail he's like psych i wasn't in jail i'm just messing with you um but he's not exactly forthcoming about where he actually was or what he was doing she asked tammy asked him directly and he says he wasn't drinking or doing any drugs but also says that if he was he wouldn't say that in front of the cameras so (laughs) so he says he doesn't need to go to any kind of facility or rehab and it just it, it tammy gets upset enough that she leaves so Des says that 
what he's doing isn't any of her business. You're my mom. She's my mom, not my wife. And I'm not sucking on her titties anymore. It was a whole thing. And then he starts to try to like leave, but Key Rock gets him to sit down, talk. And then mom comes in. He's like, just sit down, chill. It's all fine. We're just going to talk. You know, we're just going to see what's going on. Like, and he's trying to calm him down and be like, we're not here to accuse. We're not here to give you a hard time. But Tammy is, and she comes back in and completely ruins the strategy by just being like, you know, pointing at him and being like, listen, I'm going to tell you what, and lecturing him. Obviously, she heard the entire conversation. She's like, I'm not your wife, but. So it's very, very, very much the wrong track tack, and he just gets up and leaves. So Key Rock chases him outside and catches him. Um, he's smoking a cigarette where Desmond says that, you know, mom lecturing him was just triggering his PTSD, which he says he definitely has, definitely has been diagnosed, and and it's because of mom and dad. So Kirok tells his best to tell Des that, you know, I'm not here to judge. Uh, whenever you want to get off your chest, I'm never going to turn my back on you for the pep talk. And Desmond says they've always been tight, and it means a lot to him. So Kirok gets Desmond to come back into the house, and he does give Tammy a hug, and they apologize to each other. So the whole plan now is for Kirok wants Desmond to, like, just check in every morning and every every evening. Just, just a quick text. I'm okay. Hey, thumbs up emoji, whatever. But Brittany is in an interview – Kind of being like, I'm not sure this is going to work. <laughs> if it's addiction, <laughs> sometimes the addiction is in control. So to start the next episode, we have kind of go in a different direction. So Brittany is out to lunch with her friend Shayla. So she says Shay has been around since, since she was a teenager and it's really the only person she has in her life from her childhood. And especially now that her parents are like kind of on the outs because they don't accept Key Rock. So Brittany asks Shay to be her maid of honor. And they start talking about her parents not wanting to go to the wedding or have anything to do with it. And Shay suggests that like, yeah, they really should be at the wedding and you should give them a chance. So you should just pull up on them and, and see mom. And Brittany is like, no, I'm not doing that. Like mom knows what I, where I am. She knows what's doing. The ball's in her court. So she tells us that she's always imagined she had a super big wedding. But Key Rock and you know, her parents not accepting his identity are getting in the way. So Shay thinks that she should talk to Key Rock and maybe – team up with grandma to get her parents to at least show up and she shouldn't, you know, wait for the, Brittany kind of hints that she wants to wait for the Desmond situation to resolve itself. And Shay is like, that's not going to happen. You need to do you now. So then apparently she has this conversation off camera because the next scene we see them, Key Rock and Brittany are on their way to New York to meet with her grandma. So on the way she, he asks, he makes sure Desmond has the, the, you know, thing, you know, text me in the morning, twice, morning and evening, twice a day. So he feels – she feels bad about um, them having to leave Tammy and Desmond and they leave. They make sure they have their travel passes and everything. So they take off and then drive and then this really took me out of here because I can see them driving and talking and they're in Baltimore and yeah. they're talking about how he's leaving the family behind and then they're not in Baltimore anymore and they're on the DC Beltway, which they had to pass like an hour and a half before the first scene. I was right. like, very, very much took me out of this because I was like, I know all these roads. Um, <laughs> anyway, so eventually Tammy calls and says that Desmond uh, left after a bunch of door slamming, uh, but doesn't she? He doesn't really get the whole story. She thinks that Brittany suggests that maybe they should switch because Key Rock was driving, so that she could drive. And you know, if there's phone calls and texts and things that have to happen, Key Rock could take care of that. But Key Rock is just upset, doesn't really want to do that, but he does anyway. Um, so they switch and they kind of have a fight that's not a fight because they're both like yelling the same stuff at each other. 
like he's like, I know your family matters, but so does mine. And she was like, I know your family matters, but so does mine. And they they, they don't want to change anything, but they're just both angry and frustrated. Yeah. So they pull over. <laughs> Eventually, after she's driving for a while, he's gets upset and makes her pull over on the side of I-95 just yeah. so he can walk up and down the shoulder like a crazy person um, and cool off. So standing there on the side of the interstate, he calls Desmond to check in. Desmond says that he's good and then his stress level is lowered and now they can continue on their road trip. So, I mean, I guess it was like I don't quite understand what either of them want out of this fight or was it just that they were both frustrated and like taking it out on each other? Uh, yeah, definitely frustrated and taking it out on each other. I, I, you're right that the timeline seemed kind of weird because at one point, Brittany was like all kinds of pissed off already in the car. Yeah. Like you could just tell she had like her arms folded. She was like a scowl on her face. And when she was the passenger. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're just like, all right, why are you mad? Like what's happening now? And it just yeah, it just seemed at the the whole argument was just them being generally frustrated and mad about their own home situations. Yes. I mean, it was it was certainly – I get why I would be frustrated because, you know, keeping track of where I knew they were on the highway. They spent the entire, <laughs> like, trip – like, the entire starting probably on hour one in the trip because they came from Richmond, right? After an hour, probably the whole first time until hour, like, three – just being like, oh, I feel guilty about leaving my family. Oh, I feel guilty about leaving my family. Oh, I feel guilty about leaving my family. And it's yeah. like eventually you're like, well, do you want to go back? Because you sound like you want to go back. And then he's like, how dare you say that? And just It just is like three hours of having the same conversation, the same like right. two lines of conversation for like three hours in a row. And that's frustrating and annoying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, they honestly, like I feel for them both of their situations but it's kind of boring to watch it is and i mean i'm a little what made me curious about it from from the part about the beginning of des was like what is it we don't know about tammy like there's got to be something going on there right because we see great tammy fantastic mom tammy accepting tammy but he comes back and is like no man she fucked me up like it was bad like i have ptsd from how she treated me and it's like where i'm like there's certainly a huge part of the story that we're missing Sure. But I think part of that, and I mean, I think this probably applies to a lot of people that kind of go through something similar, you know, just when you are fighting something like cancer, it definitely gives you a sense of mortality and you prioritize things differently. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I could see her going through her battle with cancer and kind of feeling like, okay, my kids are really what's important to me. All this other stuff that I was really, Mm. you know, focused on just doesn't matter. And so maybe things that she kind of held on to a little bit, you know, with uh, Desmond and, you know, maybe the kind of arguments she kind of realized after like, oh, these arguments don't matter. And so now it's a little bit different because the way she sees their arguments now, it's kind of like, well, I don't want him to die. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I care about him. I don't want him to, you know, OD and have like this, uh, you know, uh, have kind of just a poor quality of life because he's living a life as an addict. So I can sure. see how it's different for her. But for him, he just sees the yelling and like yeah, her. She's just yelling at me again. And like, right. Right. Well, because you could see you could literally see how it goes. Like you could see Key Rock tiptoeing around everything mm-hmm. being like i know this is a 
volatile person. I have to be on eggshells. I got to watch what I say. I got to do whatever I can to make him feel. But like he has the emotional intelligence to know that this is the situation. And then Tammy just comes back out. Like as soon as she came back out, she was pointing a finger. I was like, this dude's done. Like he's, yeah. he's done. He's out. Like, like, and, and, but I understand her frustration and wanting to do that. But it's just right. like, I don't know. There's a, only so much that can be done by, and it comes up in other things here. Like, what are you going to yell? You're just yelling something that they already know at them. Like I've seen, I, I've seen my, in my work, this happens all the time too, right? Like how many different teachers have to yell at this kid for skipping class and administrators for skipping class? Like they know they're not supposed, they know what it is. They know they're not supposed to be skipping class. They, it's not like you're going to be like, well, it wasn't until the third person yelled at me that I realized I was, I would might do something different. It's like just yelling what you think at them makes it feel better to get off your chest, but it doesn't change anything about the situation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's move on to Joy and Red. So we start off with Red, who's playing video games as Sway is playing next to him, but not with him. Joy's brother Micah comes over to meet Red. Joy hopes that Micah isn't judgmental and likes him. Micah asks to talk to Red alone, and Micah then voices concerns that Red is there for the right reasons because there's a lot more at stake because Sway calls him daddy. Mm -hmm. Micah feels unsure and wants Red to prove, you know, he is there for the right reasons. Micah is then going to take care of Sway so Joy and Red uh, can go on a sushi date. Joy reminds us that she has spent $40,000 on Red since he's been in prison. She's paying all the bills now, and she says it's pretty pricey, but she thinks that they deserve a date night. Red is clearly distracted on his phone again while Joy is asking Red questions about how he likes it in New Mexico versus Missouri. Red then tells Joy that his sister wants him to visit and was willing to get him a flight out there, but Joy is immediately offended that she wasn't invited. Joy wants to plan and is frustrated that Red only thinks about himself. Joy thinks it's always about him and whatever he wants to do. Joy wanted Red's family to meet Sway. Joy thought she would be able to trust Red when she brought him home, but, you know, behavior like this just is making her feel assured. Later, Joy is upset and won't drop the argument about going to Kansas City. And Red is just over it and just doesn't want to discuss it anymore. But then Joy becomes upset that Red is still texting other girls. He claims it's only for money, but he's already making plans, trying to meet up with his new bestie, Casey, <laughs> who basically just sounds like another Julie. Uh huh. Later at the park, Joy and Red meet up with her family. Joy says that her family is all Christian and expect Red to be a provider. Joy is filling in her sisters and cousins about her insecurities in their relationship while Red is playing with Sway. Later, Red is the one left alone with the family, and they tell him that they don't like that he kept pictures of other girls. And Red says that he only did it to prove to Joy that he chooses the her. The least believable excuse I've ever heard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and all of the family is like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and they are not buying this bullshit. Red then tells the family that he's going to St. Louis tomorrow and he wants to visit the reservation when he gets back. Someone in the family then mentions the trip and this is news to Joy. She says that she can't just pick up and go because she has a job and she has sway. And Red said, well, it's out of his control since his sister's the one who bought the ticket. Joy is worried that Red won't come back and she wonders what the real reason of his leaving is. 
Later, Joy is helping Red pack and tells him that he doesn't, uh, she doesn't like how he went about taking this trip. Red says that maybe the space will make them miss each other more. <laughs> Joy asks if he'll be talking to any girls, and Red is just annoyed and promises that he will only be seeing his family. Joy asks that when he comes back, that, you know, he's feeling refreshed and he puts more effort into their relationship and their family because she deserves it. She tells him that if he cheats or cheated, that he shouldn't even come back. Red tells us that it's eating him up that he slept with Julie and he says he will tell Joy, but he doesn't know how. And when <laughs> Red assures Joy that he's coming back because he's leaving his <laughs> PS5 there. So, so he has to come back, you know, for the PS5, not for Sway or her or anything else. So Red says he loves Joy, but she just walks off without saying it back. All right. So why the hell is this guy staying just for his PS5? <laughs> If I was leaving, I'd have taken my PS5, obviously. Like, oh, my I left gosh. my PS5. That's collateral for our relationship. I, I don't know like, if we could have a dumber person on this show. He is, and the thing is extraordinarily dumb. Right. And I think he thinks that he is super smooth he, 100%, and super smart. Absolutely. He is about – he thinks he's about 10 times smarter than he really is. Like – I the fact that he tried to pull – I just kept these pictures to show her that I choose her. Everyone was immediately like, no, you didn't. Like, what an idiot. Like, oh, well, like, oh. It does kind of make me wonder if he has this inflated sense of intelligence because of his mom. Because if you remember when mom was talking about him like before he got out, mm -hmm. she was talking about how Red was a little genius, you know, and he was so smart. And she was so confused how he ended up like getting into prison. Yeah, you know? maybe. And like, it, right. it ruined his, you know, trajectory in life because he was just a little genius. So it kind of makes me wonder a little bit. Did mom tell you you were too smart like too many times? Too many times and now and you, you think you you're... believed it despite the fact that there's nothing as your adult life that, that says it. Like everybody oh immediately gosh. understands your plans. Like I don't know. Like even when he cheated, I don't know why she's so upset. I don't know why she would be jealous that I cheated. It's like because you cheated. Like that's yeah. why. And he's like, and no, he's but like, just but he's so, because he's so he's convinced like, that I hit it so well, she couldn't possibly yes. know, or she couldn't right. possibly he's even like, suspect. Well, she doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't know I did that, so she should trust me. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, and and like, he's literally messaging girls in front of him, like at the yeah. table while they're eating sushi. And yeah. just the idea that it's like, well, no, I'm just like, I'm. You should be okay with it because I'm conning these girls for money. It's like that's not better. How is that better? I don't understand how that's better. Right. It kind of does make me wonder too. Like, um, she pays for that phone. She very easily could have set up. Sure. Her, you know, set up Online. like iMessages or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not suggesting you should do that you know yes. because you really There's, should have trust in a relationship she definitely knows his iCloud uh <laughs> password right yes. but that that to me is more of my point right it's like this guy is acting like a child like everything oh, about yes. him acting yes. like a child right he needs child locks on his phone he needs to be like and not even like locked down in a way where 
uh, you know, he's um, can't message other girls. But it's more so in a way where, like, this dude needs less screen time. Yeah, you, should, you get a two-hour screen time limit, like, <laughs> right. like you do for middle schoolers, yes. Yeah. Right. It's just – yeah, I mean, it just – but but he also kind of falls into the same trap that we see from a lot of these guys, what they think freedom means when they yeah. get out of prison. And that they're just like, well – I'm free, so I don't have to tell her when I'm setting up a, right. a trip or whatever. Like, whatever. Like, that's my trip. What does she care about? And it's like, that's not what freedom means. <laughs> like, I'm free and I've always been free. And I there's like a few different people that have to know when I'm planning a trip out of state. Like, it yeah. just, that's, it ha- they have to be not involved with the planning, but they have to be like made aware that this might happen soon. And I can't mm-hmm. just be like, all right, leave it tomorrow. Check. Peace. Like, like, I don't understand why you're so upset about that. What's the problem? Like, and and the fact that you'd think he'd be realized he was smarter when all of the things he's planning on doing, she legit legitimately is like, "You're gonna, are you gonna do this?" He's like, "No." <laughs> it just goes on. Yeah, I mean, I honestly feel like he thinks that he can get away with whatever he does. And I mean, and this is kind of what goes back to the, you know, you're setting a really bad precedent with Joy going back. Mm -hmm. You know, like if that were me and I was like, okay, I don't want to throw this away. Like I want to give him a second chance. I would have drove off without him and I would have been like, you want it that badly? Figure out how to get here and we can work it out. But she didn't. She made it easy for him. Yeah. You know? And so it's kind of like if you do that, you're setting this precedent that he can do whatever and you might be upset and you yeah. might throw a bit of a tantrum. But in the end, he's going to get his way. Right. Well, I mean, because that's that's the other thing it goes to, too. He hasn't said it this way. But, I mean, it's very much the situation where he more or less believes, so what if I get caught? She's not going to dump me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she'll still be around. It's fine. I can do whatever I want. She'll come back. She'll come crawl. She'll come crawling back, or she won't even. She won't have to come crawling back. She'll leave her door open for me, and I can walk in whatever right. I want. Right? Yeah. But it's just it's so shitty because you know he just doesn't seem to care about Sway as much as she's projecting. He cares about Sway. You know, mm-hmm. because it's like even we saw at the beginning, like Sway is just playing like next oh, no. to him. Uh, he, Red isn't even playing with him. Even when he does, like I do believe that he enjoys playing with Sway. Is he in, in invested in giving Sway a, a healthy and, you know, role model type environment for him? No, absolutely not. Like he yeah. just wants to play with his kid like and thinks that, yeah. that that's that's what being a dad is, that I play with this kid a lot. Like, and it's definitely not like there's like, right. You should not be yeah, 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 setting, uh, 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 setting a tone, setting an example of how he should treat women by, you know, not messaging other girls while you're at dinner with them and not yeah. just like dropping everything and walking away like he does right now. He does sway. No, he's going on a trip. No, it's just like, all right, dad's leaving for a couple of days. Peace. Like, that's not healthy. That's not like good for the kid. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. All that. So. Oh, man. More bad dads. Do we have any more bad dads? Who do I have left? All right. Uh, actually, I'm going to go with this one because this is surprisingly in the other direction. Let's Chevelle and Quaylen. <laughs> so a couple of days ago, Quaylen, uh talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago in episodes, he talked about taking Maila to the adventure park. And now they're at the adventure park, which is an indoor park with like big slides and jungle gyms and stuff. Quaylen's in full dad mode. 
So he's here with his mom, too, and he does want to talk to her about what happened at the wedding venue when she got into a shouting match, almost a fight with Chevelle's mom. So she says it wasn't her intention to pop off like that, but if Sylvia is going, is not going to contribute to the wedding, I don't understand what purpose she serves. Why is she here? So Quaylen thinks that that wasn't the time or place, though, to have that fight, and mom apologizes and said she's not going to do anything to disrupt the wedding. She'll keep it, she'll keep it under wraps then. So they move on to talking about Maila's dad, who has been pretty much MIA you know, for a long time, just like Quaylen's dad was, who did the, did the, the classic uh, left for the store and never came back um, <laughs> 34 years ago. But Quaylen says that's not him and he actually wants to adopt Maila. So now he's ready. He's ready to be a full-time dad and a full-time husband. And, you know, um, his mom asks, well, how is Maila's biological dad going to feel about that? Is he ready for that fallout? And Quaylen doesn't know. But we're going to find out a little bit more because the next thing we see is we is Chevelle and Quaylen going to talk to a lawyer about this adoption. So the attorney's named Lisa and she asks about the details like where's the biological dad? He's in Kansas City. They're in Dallas and he's intermittently paying the child support that he's supposed to be paying. But, you know, Maila does call Quaylen dad. So the sticking part point – well, some, some of the sticking points. One of them is that they're not married yet. It's much easier to get an adoption if you're married. Um, as an actual step parent. So Lisa says the adoption is going to hinge on really the big sticking point is whether or not the biological father will relinquish his parental rights. They both think that now, like, he's not involved and he doesn't want to be involved. But as soon as you say, oh, he wants to adopt him, he's like, nope, not taking it from me. Nope, nope, not going to do that. Just doesn't want anything until you try to take it away. So he's going to fight it. Quaylen also wants to make sure that he doesn't do anything, you know, in, that's going to run him afoul of the law in terms of picking up from school and all this other stuff, given that he's not le- a legal um, parent. Um, so they know it's they, they know it's going to be a fight. And Lisa says, well, if it's going to be a fight, it's going to cost you between $5,000 and $7,500. So the first step, no matter what, is to contact her biological dad and see if they can get him to give up the rights. Um, and then the other thing that goes in is, you know, they bring up Quaylen's criminal history and Lisa says that that's not going to bar him from adopting a from adopting a stepchild, but you know things are going to be looked at with a with a more of a fine tooth comb in, in terms of that. So, I mean, I guess we're going to find out what dad is, but this this doesn't this just I I guess I don't understand this dad this kind of dad is the dad I don't understand the most is I want nothing to do with my kid. I'm barely even going to send her money, but if you try to say it, if you try to if somebody else wants to take care of her. Fuck that. I'm done. I'm going to fight you. Like, what is up with that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, depending on his situation, like, sometimes I feel like people in that position just want some kind of payout, you know? Mm. So what will you give me for – I'm going to do something for you, but what are you going to give me for it? Mm. You know? So, I mean, and it just depends, right? Is he someone who needs money? Because I could see that being a situation where he's using that as leverage of some kind or if there's something they have. Uh, But like the other I then if it's not that situation, I don't get it. Right. Because if someone like wants to take care of your child, it doesn't mean that you can't be involved in that child's life Mm -hmm. because he still can. You know, he just doesn't have like legal parental rights and is he even exercising those legal parental rights ever no so why does it matter to you no I, that's that's my thing is if you're not going to legally if you're going to exercise the rights that you have yeah which are why 
do you why are you going to fight to keep them right that's, that's right i think now would i would i in my head think that this guy probably thinks he's a he's a great involved dad like the most great and most involved dad for sure not but i think he's like i'm not mm. some deadbeat i take care of my kid what are you doing what are you talking about going to take my parental rights away right like yeah I, i'm sure he tells like when he gets goes on you know gets new relationships going or whatever i'm sure he's like no i have a kid and i'm a good dad i take care of her i pay the child support yeah. like, i'm sure he says all that stuff right and it's another thing to have to go around and be tell people no i actually gave up my parental rights for my kid and some other dude is raising her now like that makes it a little harder to you know you might get new partner <laughs> find somebody else who's gonna <laughs> have you as a big daddy right <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean I don't know. But this, at that point, if you have no rights and you're not actively seeing them, I don't know why you would even bring it up. Right. But this to me is like – this is kind of a big turnaround that we didn't really see because Quaylen and Red, like the first time we saw them, very oh, simple. God. Right? The yeah. Say very, very – oh, yeah, I'm going to take care of this kid. Blah, blah, blah. But, I mean it seems like now he's legit cares about the kid and is doing the right things to do what's best for the kid. Yeah, I think because he had a year to, like, bang it out. And Probably, yeah. I don't know. I, I Maybe it's just now that we're, we have, like, the luxury of space and time, right, mm -hmm. to kind of see. You can look back and be like, oh, yeah, Quaylen really cared about Myela. Like, even from when he first met her, right? And then, I don't know. I don't get those same vibes from Red. I I mean, I don't know. I. Because I'm trying to think about what he did that was beyond I like hanging out with this kid, right? Yes, that's true. Um, and because that to me – that like as we discussed is not the full be all and all of whether you're a father, whether you can play with a kid, right? Yeah. And, or even show that kid a good time, right? Like mm -hmm. because it seems like now he – you know, we have Quaylen. He's 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 got his his barbering chair. Like he's working on providing and yeah. you know setting up a good thing. He wants to he wants to marry her. He seems legitimately concerned about like the environment she's being raised in and right. you know things beyond that she's taking care of beyond like oh yeah didn't we have fun at the adventure park which they still do have yeah. fun at the adventure park but like you know how could you say I was a bad dad I took you to the playground like <laughs> done you know right right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to, I guess, the most explosive thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, this was Chance and Taylor. So Taylor and Bobby, uh, you know, Taylor's twin sister, are going wedding dress shopping for Bobby. Even though Bobby wasn't there for Taylor to try on dresses before uh, because she was in rehab, she's happy that she can be there for Bobby. Taylor is happy that Bobby is now in a place where she can be looking towards the future. Taylor also tries on a bridesmaid's dress. Taylor says that a year and a half ago, she was really excited about getting married to Chance, and now she's just sad about where they are, with all the debt and a weird guy driving by their house. <laughs> she says there is always debt and chaos, and Bobby asks if Taylor sees herself with Chance, all bullshit aside. And Taylor can't seem to answer that, and she's just crying. She feels like he continues to fall short, and she's trying just to hold on. Meanwhile, Chance is meeting up with his friend Zach, you know, the limo driver mm -hmm, guy, mm -hmm. who gives him some cash to borrow so Chance can pay back Bobbo. In exchange, Chance says that he will work off his debt by working around Zach's shop. Chance is feeling good about telling Taylor about the whole Bobbo thing because he thinks that, you know, it'll somehow get her to trust him more. 
However, Chance is super worried about meeting up with Babo because he knows he's on Babo's bad side, even though he has the money. He knows that there will be consequences, and he hopes that Zach won't get caught up in all of this. At the bar, Chance is with Zach, and Babo shows up, and Chance gives him the cash. Babo takes a moment to count it, and he seems and it seems like they kind of hug it out until Babo asks to talk to Chance outside without Zach. <sighs> Babo gives Chance a speech about loyalty and keeping your word, as Chance is clearly nervous. Oh and my scared. god! Yeah, he's like a little he's like a little kid. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Well, it also doesn't help that Babo is like a f- head taller than him, or at least it looked like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where guy why guys wear their hats like tall <laughs> to add that extra height. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he starts giving excuses like he couldn't seem to figure it out once he got out, and Babo continues lecturing Chance on buckling down and getting shit done. He gets all up in his face and kind of seems like he's gonna, you know, hit him, and then tells production to back up. Chance promises that he will keep his word in the future, and Babo just kind of like is still really agitated, but he lets it go and then tells production that the show is over. All right. So do you think this is the last time we're going to see of Babo? Yeah, I do. He didn't seem to like being on camera. Um, no. But it was very much, I don't know. It just seemed like, I don't know. I, and I'm not there, obviously, but the things, but it seemed like I wouldn't be as scared as Chance was of this dude. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It just he he seemed very much like a uh, uh, movie bully, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, get on you! I'm gonna, I'll put my hand. It looked first of all, it looked like they were gonna make out. Like he put his yeah. hand on the wall and like leaned into him. I was like, are you gonna kiss this dude? What are you doing? <laughs> like, and I don't know. It was just very much like, and I don't understand. I mean, it was definitely if 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 Chance was a dog, you would see his tail between his legs. Like he was oh, just like for sure. I, he was clearly scared and stuttering and like, oh, right? I, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, like I get. I'm not going to start a fight with this dude. This dude is probably right. you know whatever as we believe the narrative a, a, a dangerous dude, right? But I would, but I could see, but him just being, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I said I was sorry. I'm sorry, so, 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 so. you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I, but and not just being like, I don't know what you want, man. Like you got your money back. I fucked up. Yeah, loyalty is important. You're right. Like, I, like that's the kind of attitude I feel like I'd bring with it. And I might be scared shitless when I did it, but I'm not going to yeah. be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, that to me invites more aggression, you know, when you're like backing down right. like that. The guy's going to sure. be like, that's right, I got you. And you're right. You're going to set up against this wall and you're going to listen to what I say. Like, instead of just being like, I don't know what you want, man. Like, you got your money. I mean, yeah, I agree that probably would have been better for him saving face. But at the same time, I don't know what would make this go faster, right? Because <laughs> it just seemed like Bobo just wanted a vent, right? That he was pissed or whatever. And yeah. then after he kind of said his piece, he walked but that's, off. That's what I was talking about too, the lecturing. Like, what, what is lecture? Yeah. you lecturing this guy about loyalty who you're never yeah. going to lend money to again? Right? right. So, what does it matter if, we, if he understands what important loyalty is? You're never going to trust yeah. this dude again. So, just take your money and go. Like, what? What, what is lecturing him going to do? Besides making you feel good that this guy almost pissed his pants because you were talking to him. Right. Right. So, I don't know if there's anything he could have done to make it go faster. So, I mean, at the end of the day, mission accomplished. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he was like bucking at the camera guys. I just, it, it was. You never know based on because it's on TV. It just. He didn't seem 
he seemed like he was a lot of bark. I don't know how much bite yeah. he had. You know? Uh, you know, it's because that's what I'm saying. If, I feel like we've seen really dangerous people before. And those are the ones who remember the dude who he started jawing and he just knocked the dude out. Like, yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff I was like, that's, that's a dangerous guy. <laughs> well, he's not going to do – neither of these guys are going to do anything on camera, right? Mm-hmm. They're both, I'm sure, on some kind of parole. Oh, yeah, or Even if sure. they're not on parole, this is something where it's like they have a criminal past. Like, you know, if the police are involved, it's going to be extra bad for them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're not trying to do anything incriminating on camera. All right. So, so did you see that Chance popped up on Starcasm? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, uh, well, what are you talking about exactly? Is this a spoiler alert? There's been a few things that happened on like December, uh, December 18th of this. Okay. No, no, no. Because I was gone at that point. So, so I did not. That was a very eventful day for Chance because he, um, Seemed to have gotten – he had a DUI like a few week, a few days before. Oh, God. And then okay. on uh, – then he got into a car accident on the 18th and then he got okay. taken to the hospital and then he left the hospital and uh, allegedly stole someone's car and you tried to use their credit card. So he was arrested oh my with felony charges. So James oh my might gosh. end up in jail. <laughs> Well, you know, okay, so spoiler alert, you can skip over like probably a minute or two. Uh, I mean, they're not together. Mm -hmm. It doesn't surprise me. Like, it just seemed like his behavior in general. I mean, it's not just the being broken up part, right? Mm -hmm. It's the shacking up with a super fan, right? you know, because that is also allegedly what's been happening. So, I mean, like things like that, that's not the behavior of someone who's got their shit together that isn't doing crazy things like this. And we already know that he has problems with his drinking, right? Mm -hmm. Like taking shots in the middle of the day, just basically being drunk because he's not working all day, you know? So it's like none of this surprises me the way that his life has been kind of spiraling. Yeah. It's just, that's, I can't imagine being, I mean, I can't imagine being on this show for many, many reasons, but I can't imagine being on any reality show. And if I was on a reality show, acknowledging anybody in my DMs, like I was like, my assumption would just be like that all these people who are sliding into my DMs are psycho. Like these are all psychos. Yeah, but if you have no options, I can see, right? I guess. I mean, I guess if you ever if you're desperate, you're just like, what's? I mean, that's the kind of person. If you're just like, what's a free way to get laid? It's like there's one right there, right? Well, I I don't even think it's just about getting laid at this point. It's about free housing, right? That's also true. Yeah, it's like who is geographically near where i want to be that is hitting me up Mm -hmm. sure i'm attracted to them seems like they could be a good time but i could also spend the night yes (laughs) (laughs) that's fair enough all right so last up we have Lindsay and blaine all right so it's dark out now and Lindsay and six are showing up to collect money from someone another person with his tail between his legs for sure yeah like Years ago, she had fronted him money and he went to jail and that money never up, ended up on her books like it was supposed to. She's like, hey, you can pay me back my money when I'm in jail. That's a way to do that. So he's apologetic and has the $200 that this is all about. And Lindsay tells him <laughs> to spread the word. She wants her money and those if, – if you owe me money, you should find me because you're not going to like it if I find you. So and, – and we remember here that 
she needs to find $20,000. So oh God, I, I don't know, know right? if there's a hundred of people out there that are like them that she's coming for. But I don't understand why she's even lending this money out in the first place. Is she like high when this happened? Well, this seems to be this is this is certainly when she was like running when she was the higher up of a drug dealing like syndicate yeah. right and she was like the boss and she was like well here here's here's the amount of drugs i'll give you and then you'll pay me back the money for it whatever and then he never did right mm-hmm. so anyway so six says that there are bigger fish out there that isn't like two hundred dollars but they're gonna be tougher to get to so the, she says they have like a week or two to collect the remaining nineteen thousand five hundred dollars that they still need and on the road, she gets a notification from um, from one of the cameras that she has all over the house that keeps track of everyone is up to. It's a false alarm, but the point was to say that she has cameras all over the house watching everybody. So we see most of the family getting together, getting ready in the morning. Miley is not there because she went to school early to study slash make TikToks with her friends. So Blaine is working on a site in town. And it sounds like Lindsay's plan is to go shopping. So she goes with, with her friend Stephanie Jula Jeweler says she's going to get something for Blaine. And she also fills in Stephanie about the pending charges and also uh, the rest of her plan, which is that she's going to buy a chain that's going to be an engagement chain because she's going to propose <laughs> to, um, to Blaine. Which, okay. Um, so thus ensuring that Miley has a father figure around if she ends up having to go back to jail. So she picks out. A $200 white gold chain. And I say the $200 because that's literally the money she got back like last night. And it's like, oh, well, that's – that's now we need that money again for your, for your lawyer. And Stephanie thinks, you know, they should probably do it quickly because if she gets locked up, then she's not going to be able to have any visits. It's going, it's going to be harder to get visits from a convicted felon if they're not married. So then at the beginning of the next episode, Lindsay's a little concerned about – you know, proposing as a girl, but she doesn't care. She's not going to have – just she doesn't have any time to waste with these potentially 40 years laying over her head. So she kind of sets up the romantic situation. There's a fire pit. And she has Miley babysit while they go out there. And I don't know about babysitting because they're – first of all, they're in the yard. And second of all, she's like swiping on TikTok. She's like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Um, so – they make out a little bit by the fire. They sit in the back of the truck with fairy lights in it and they like snuggle or cuddle for a bit. And then she soon starts his monologue about how much he means to her and how much she loves him and then gets out the chain and asks if he'll marry her. So Blaine takes a long look at the uh, engagement chain and then says yes. So Miley doesn't know <laughs> yet. And Blaine says, you know, they can have what kind of ever kind of wedding Lindsay wants. So the next step is, I guess, wedding plans because she's going to get this done. She's got to get this done before she possibly has to go back to prison. Uh, she says that – but that but that doesn't have anything to do with it. If it was all about you know being comfortable in prison, she'd just find a sugar daddy. And if, <laughs> Blaine doesn't have the money to be a sugar daddy. That doesn't work. It's about love. So <laughs> I guess – how do you feel about the engagement chain? Uh, I mean I thought it was sweet. I mean she has to have some idea that he would say yes. Sure. Um, right. Yeah, so I thought yeah, it was I, cute. I have no I, I have no beef with with the woman proposing if she knows that like I know he wants to get married but I also know he's not going to ask me right or it's going to take yeah. a long time before he asks me so let's just nip this in the bud and just do it now yeah but it does make me wonder is like well is she ever going to get an engagement ring then out of this right yeah that's that's was also my confusion is, is like is he free and clear from the engagement ring does he have to wear right. this chain all the time like she would have to wear the engagement ring how does this, how does the engagement chain work 
<laughs> Those are good questions. <laughs> I guess they make their own rules. I guess they can do whatever they want for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really sweet. I thought it was really funny that Blaine the whole time is like, oh, it's cold. Hell is frozen over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 part of it's like funny, but her trying to, you know, a balance going like the uh, I need this money, so I got to go a little bit back to the old me yeah. and be like a hard ass, like scaring people. But also, I'm gonna like lay in this and be sweet and engage to my boyfriend. Like, so <laughs> definitely, her trying to balance the uh, the old life and the new life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so I think we saw everyone between these two episodes. Yes, so we out did of see everybody. everybody. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess student of the two weeks. Student of the two weeks. <laughs> I'll I'll say Cameron. Um, just good enough, rec- you know, doing a good job recognizing what she wanted and giving it to her and surprising her with it, but also recognizing that that wasn't enough to fully, like, make up for everything. Yeah, um, I kind of had originally gone with Louis just because he seems to be – doing pretty well um i i don't know but that's just like i also feel like this is also leading up to him not doing so well yeah. anytime you're kind of in transition it's always pretty difficult mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i mean i thought it was pretty smart of him to recognize you know that melissa's going to throw this back in his face because i agree with him she probably will yeah. uh but also like just kind of letting donna know you know like Listen, don't criticize Melissa's house, like trying to preemptively stop things. Yeah. But then I remembered the toilet thing and I'm just like, all right, I don't know. <laughs> the toilet thing. Yeah, his teeth weren't in either. That was the other part of it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about your dunce? I say red. There was so yeah. kinds, all kinds of dumb. Everything he does is dumb. Like, yes. And it, especially even the funny part with the PS5. Was like, yeah. You do realize that by saying that, you're saying that the PS5 is more important than her and her son, right? Like, I don't, I don't God. think he realizes even that. Like, he's just no. Dumb. He's so dumb, and what he says is so dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The oh I mean, gosh. I would. It, I was his family, and you told me that bullshit about the. Oh, I just wanted to show her that I choose her. I'll be like, I'm never trusting you ever. You are never getting yeah. my trust if you think I'm that dumb. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. What about your life lesson? Uh, my life lesson is um, I don't – I guess it kind of goes – I said it already. Like lecturing somebody only goes so far. Like it, it doesn't – it may, might make you feel better, but very, very rarely does a stern lecture and talking to actually change anybody's behavior. Right, right. Uh, my life lesson is uh, your kids don't need to be involved in like, you know, life changing decision making, but they should certainly be kept updated. And I feel mm. like that applies to a couple of different couples this week. You know, you got uh, Lindsay and Blaine, like yeah. Lindsay did not even tell uh miley that she was going to propose to blaine and this is something that's like big in her life and something that she already said she She didn't really want Mm -hmm. yeah but then you also got the more obvious you know michael not telling his kids that he's gonna be leaving so it's just keep your kids in the loop yeah and there are certain things like they don't need to know every detail about everything but like right yeah if there's a once you once you go past the there's a vanishingly small chance something might happen. They should they should be mm-hmm. they should kind of know what's going on. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, so uh, we're still going with this group, and so we will be back again uh, regular time next week. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so until right, then. Talk to everybody then. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. Good.